I am the village. I'm part of the village. I am the village. I am the village. I'm a part of the village. I'm in this village. We are the village. I am the village. I am part of this village. I'm part of the village. We are all part of the village. It takes a village to raise a child. We are the village. A place for teen moms of all ages to receive the knowledge and tools to parent consciously, heal wholly, break generational curses, and be the best mom they can be. Welcome to the village. I'm your host, Remington Steele. Welcome back to We Are the Village. We'll start the podcast off as we always do with the Mindful Minute. We'll get started at the sound of the bell. How are the moms doing out there? I want to check in with the mom. How are you feeling today? Repeat after me. I am love. I am purpose. I was made with divine intention. I am worthy of what I desire. I can. I will. End of story. Repeat those affirmations over in your mind, those that resonated with you. Breathe deeply in with your belly and out with your belly. I can, I will, end of story. Take one final cleansing breath. Welcome back to We Are The Village. I'm excited that you joined us today. I have a question. Do you punish your child or children the same way you praise them? Let's consider the question based off your own childhood. When you were younger, how did your mom or dad reward you when you did something good? And how did they show you that they missed you? Now, how were you punished as a child? For me, I was shown love and praise or or praise when when my mom talked to me or just let me be around her. I was kind of clingy. Um... And she would just let me be around her a lot. She would always bring me back a snack. Anytime she left the house, she would bring me back a whatchamacallit. And if they didn't have a whatchamacallit, she'd bring back, you know, the next best thing, the Reese or something. But when I was punished, she would send me to my room 
I couldn't socialize with anyone, anyone in the house, anyone outside the house. I couldn't talk on the phone. I could not watch TV. I couldn't play with any toys or any games that I might have had. We somehow learn to punish our children in the same way we love them. My love language as a child, thinking back, I guess would have been quality time and receiving gifts. Yet when I was punished, I was isolated, the opposite of quality time. And I was stripped of all the perks I was given for being good and for just you loving me. I didn't receive the whatchamacallit when she went to the store. You know, she didn't. She didn't reward me or show me she missed me, which sent a message that I was only lovable when I was good. There's a book called The Five Love Languages by Jerry Chapman. And if you haven't heard of The Five Love Languages, I'll go over it now. They're not in any particular order, but I'll just... For sake of keeping up with where I'm at, I'll number them off. So uh, the first love language is physical touch. That's hugs, high fives, kisses, things of that nature where you're physically in contact with with someone else that is physical touch. Quality time. Quality time is just as it sounds. But sometimes people confuse this one with their own definition of quality. Quality time. Here, listen to me. I'm about to give y'all some really good information. Quality time is what the other person considers quality time. For example, if you consider sitting in silence as quality time, but your child loves it when you read to him, then reading would be the quality time for him. Sitting in silence with him would not. Receiving gifts. Like I said, my mom would bring me back a whatchamacallit whenever she went to the store If I I go to, if I go somewhere on a vacation, I always bring or buy my children a souvenir. That's receiving gifts. Words of affirmation. That's good job. Thank you. You look nice today. Um, Things of that nature. That is going to be words of affirmation. We want to try to keep from giving them words of affirmation that can be taken away. And what I mean by that is try not to say, oh, you are so smart because if they fail a a test or something, well, then that is taken away from them. So try not to give, try not to say, oh, you look so beautiful because if something happens, Lord forbid, to their face, they will feel as though they're they they're not beautiful anymore. So try to refrain from giving words of affirmation that can be taken away. And lastly, acts of service. Acts of service is making their favorite meal, um, taking them to a park. If they if they, you know they like to to go to a park, they can't go by themselves. That's an act of service. Um, 
spending a little extra time styling their hair a certain way that they like it and what's not necessarily convenient for you. So vulnerability moment, mom to mom, regarding the five love languages and five punishment languages. I uh, I asked my daughter to take the five love languages quiz uh, a long time ago, years ago. And uh, I know that her love language is words of affirmation and receiving gifts. And she wasn't doing her absolute best around the house. Let's just say that. Things were left in the sink. But so then I end up punishing her because after a while, it gets annoying, right? So it's like, okay, well... You don't need no TV because TV seems distracting. You hand me off that phone. Give me, you can't watch TV because you need to focus on what you need to do in the house. I thought I was doing good. I'm not yelling at her. I'm not putting my hands on her. I'm thinking I'm, you know, I'm doing good. Well, over time, I see that she's really, she's not herself anymore. She's kind of down. She's sleeping a lot. She's not really socializing, not saying that she really was before um, too, too much. But it dawned on me as I was kind of preparing some resources and information for We Are the Village. I said, am I punishing her in her love language? If her love language is words of affirmation and receiving gifts, but I took all her gifts away that I bought her for being just being who she is. And because I thought she did well that year. So I done bought her all this stuff for Christmas. And now I done took, took all this stuff away from her. And I'm not, all I'm saying to her is what she's not doing. I'm not giving her any affirmation to, to make her feel like she's loved. And over time that, that started wearing on her. And when I approached her and asked her, you know, what's her love language, just to make sure I wasn't, I wasn't off. And she confirmed it. I said, I'm punishing her in her love language. And I immediately gave her her stuff back. We have to start learning how to punish our children in ways that are not going to emotionally or mentally affect them. And so for me, that was a huge learning lesson because not saying I gave her stuff back and she was all happy-go-lucky, but at least I knew that the way, what I gave her for having a good school year, maintaining her grades, all of that, I'm not now taking that praise away from her because at the end of the day, she still did accomplish that stuff. And so um, we just got to be mindful of it. But that's my vulnerability moment, mom to mom. Let's discuss the five love uh, punishing languages since I've kind of it kind of hinted and started talking on it. What are the five punishment languages where they're the exact same, but they're opposite? So here we go. <laughs> physical touch, whoopings, physical punishment, sitting on the wall, holding books. That is that is violating their love language of physical touch. 
a child who loves to hug you is going to hurt way more if you whoop them than a child who loves receiving gifts. Quality time is going to be isolation. Go to your room. Go sit in the corner. Go to timeout. A, a kid who enjoys being around their parent is going to hurt them a lot more to, to punish them in that language than it would to say, you know what? I'm going to have a stern talking to you, which leads to our words of affirmation. Yelling, insults, that was stupid. That was just a dumb move. Cussing, all of those violates words of affirmation. Acts of service is going to be forced labor. You're going to clean this whole house. I'm. You're going to break that whole yard. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Chores, excessive chores. Kids need chores. It teaches them responsibility. But when we're forcing these chores as a punishment, when they when when you know that their love language is acts of service, it's going to damage them more. And we're trying to break generational curses, not keep them, not feeding into them to the next generation. When we think we're teaching them a lesson, what are we really teaching them? I'll tell you, I'll tell you some of the things. We're teaching them that love is not unconditional. More importantly, your love for them is not unconditional. It's, It's conditional. It's if they're being good. It's if they're acting right. It's if they're bringing home the good grades. We we are teaching them that they have to be of a certain standard to be loved. We're teaching them to fear, not trust you, the parent. If someone keeps violating your love, Think of it now, you know, if someone right now violated your love for them, you would lose trust in them. Your children are no different than you. They are just younger and they will get to your age. By whooping, you're teaching them how to honor and how to respect someone who harms them. Because when we will dare our children, you you bet not, you who you looking at? Who you looking at like that? You know, or you bet not talk back or what you gonna do? It's like we're teaching them with threat and intimidation to respect their abuser. And these children, again, they're going to grow up to be adults and their abusers will be adults. And they are going to react with learned behavior to respect and honor their abusers. People who love you, we're going to teach them that people who love them beat on them, which is going to be easier for them to honor and respect their abusers. We are teaching them to accept beatings 
and to uh, as any form of punishment or corrective action. So if they do wrong, they 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 feel redeemed or they feel redirected when they are beat or mistreated. They they almost needed to be, to correct their actions, and we don't want to teach them that. We could be teaching them how to become an abuser themselves. We don't want that. By isolating, we are teaching them that unless they are perfect, you are not worthy of love and time. Think about how that's going to affect them in relationships, in romantic relationships. By removing things, the gifts, You could be teaching them a negative relationship with things. They could start stealing. They could start over-possessing material things. Guess what, you guys? I have like 300 pairs of shoes in my closet. And it's because I I had had an unhealthy relationship with things. Why? Because my love language as a kid was what? Receiving gifts. And I was kind of bad, so I would get stuff taken a lot. (laughs) Just being honest. Um, The forced chores, the acts of service, that could be teaching them in service is how you get love. That can be very dangerous. Now you have a people pleaser. Be careful with that. They'll start just doing things to make people happy and for them to look good in people's eyes. And you don't want them to stretch themselves because that will overwhelm them. By yelling and insults, you, your yelling and your insults becomes their voice in their head. It becomes their inner bully. It becomes that, that constant voice that does not stop, does not let down, does not give up. It becomes that. And you know that voice very well because we all have that voice in our head. And it did not start with us. It started with other people. And your children will have that voice in their head. And it will start with you. So what voice are you going to give them? A voice of love or a voice of yelling and insults? What circumstances are you creating by doing this? Well, you could be weakening the relationship between you and the child. Children grow up. You could cause the child not to feel loved at all, have low self-esteem. They could change how they love themselves. Consider this. If loving your child in their personal love language improves their self-esteem and gives them a sense of love and security, then punishing them in their love language will do the exact opposite. It will teach them to hate themselves, to look at themselves in a negative way, to, to not to feel like they deserve bad things. 
that's that's having low security with yourself because you weren't given given that security of love as your foundation. It's not about how much you love a person. It's about how much they feel loved. So remember, when you're doing this, you want to, them to feel loved. And you got to love them harder when you're mad at them. Because anybody can feel when someone is upset with them. They don't even have to say anything. So love them harder because you can be upset. That's normal. But they still need to know that you love them, even with the upset. So I have a question. Think back. How many times have you been punished in your love language? How many times have you punished your child in their love language? Do you even know your child's love language? I'm going to give some suggestions. So grab your pen and pad, pause this podcast, go get you a pen and pad and come back. The The books that I'm about to give is going to really open you guys up and teach you uh, just not even teach, but to expand how you are currently seeing and doing parenting. The five love languages, of course, by Gary Chapman and Ross Campbell, the conscious parent Oh, I was supposed to Google her name and I don't know how to say it, but the conscious parent. uh, And she really helped me to understand that you have to have a plan for your children. And when I say you have to have a plan, I don't mean you plan their life. You have to have a parenting plan. If you started a company right now, you would have a mission statement, you would have values, uh, values, you would have a plan of how that company is going to be ran. You would know that company front and back, but we don't do that with our children. And she taught me with the conscious parent to have a parenting plan, to make a mission statement, to have a list of values and, and not just as a parent to each child because each child is their own individual. And so that has helped me with how I operate parenting. Next is Giving the Love That Heals by Harvell Hendrick and his wife, Helen Hunt. Get the book, (laughs) y'all. Giving the Love That Heals. And then the parenting, I'm sorry, Parenting from the Inside Out by Daniel Siegel. And here, you guys, I'm probably going to recommend this book a hundred times throughout the life of this podcast. All About Love by Bell Hooks changed the way I see things in life. It expanded my heart. It helped to helped me to forgive. Uh, I, by reading that book, it taught me that my mother was out here trying to figure out life just like me and winging it. It taught me that she did the best she could because she didn't know. And, and, and what I mean by that is 
we probably got a hundred things that we could be like, man, our parents could have did this better and this. I'm damaged from this and that. This happened in my past and this messed me up here. But at the end of the day, we're doing the exact same thing. And and when I listen to my children and I have to humbly accept that I have caused the same damage to them in different ways and I think I'm better because I didn't I didn't do it the same way my mama did. No. All about love will open your heart and teach you how to love truly unconditionally and to face the facts that we love conditionally. That is who we are. We love conditionally and we have to start loving unconditionally because that's the type of love we want from our father. In conclusion, that's I can go on and on about bell hooks because let me just cut it off there because I could keep going on and on about all about love. But in conclusion, when we're punishing our child or our children, consider each offense as a teaching opportunity. Instead of punishing, where a child will learn to resent the problem instead of resolving it, we should teach the child to cor- the correct form of action. For example, if a child leaves milk out on the counter all day and it spoils, don't yell at him uh, for that. Explain how milk left out all day spoils. And now that the, the milk is spoiled, nobody can have cereal until we go to the store next, whenever, whenever we go to the store. This teaches the child a life lesson about the life cycle of milk and how, and allow him to take ownership in not letting it happen again. Now the child can conclude to himself, you know what? I don't want no milk to spoil you. So I'm going to put the milk up when I'm done with it. And that, and the best thing is the relationship is not damaged between parent and child. So tools to move forward and we'll get out of here. Get those books. Get the five love languages. Get get bell hooks, you guys. Learn your child's love language. If you can't, because they're babies, start noticing what's comforting your child um, when they're upset that relates to the five love languages. If you, if they like to be held, they, they're quality time. If they want maybe you to go get, you know, a toy, they're probably receiving gifts or something. You know, just kind of look and see what your child best matches with. Um, write them down so that you don't forget them. Write them down. Interrupt the old way of doing things. Once you you see the pattern, interrupt it. Break the generational curse and teach them instead of punish them. That's all I have for y'all today. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for your support. And I will talk to y'all soon. Bye. My mission for We Are The Village is to strengthen familyhoods by motivating growth, 
healing, support, love, and community. Learning to become slow to anger, teaching self-respect, acceptance, financial literacy, and unconditional love through actions of reparenting, self-parenting, and single parenting. Building a village leading in mindfulness and awareness, remembering that children are still people, parenting consciously, allowing for healthy communication where reaching out to others is the norm, nourishing education on forgiveness, addiction, ego, judgment, karma, investments, PTSD, taxes, the inner bully, depression, and the coping tools to overcome them all. We Are the Village is a safe place where specifically teen moms, however, single moms and dads of all ages can receive and give motivation, ask parenting and life questions, gain knowledge, mentorships, stress management, coping tools, parenting knowledge, and more. It takes a village to raise a child. We are the village. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you were inspired to join the village. If so, We Are The Village is a community serving Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and streaming everywhere you listen to your podcast. So like and join the village and share us with someone you know. Until next time, bye.